Hello, I'm Russell Shaw, a Senior Market Specialist at FXM. Welcome to FXM Market Talk, your trading and finance podcast. Since 1999, FXM has provided global traders access to the world's largest and most liquid markets. Keep listening to get our quality market commentary and analysis. Hello everyone and thank you for joining for this week's podcast. This is FXM Market Talk, your trading and finance podcast. Today is Monday, it's the 30th of May. I'm going to bring Nick Saburis in in a moment. He is a senior market specialist um, at FXM. My name is Russell Shaw. But before I bring Nick in, I just want to emphasize that this is a general market commentary only. Please don't take this as financial advice. And I would encourage you to listen all the way to the end because we'll have our regional disclaimers at the end of this podcast. We've got a really busy um, agenda for today. So let's bring Nick in and uh, let's get started. Nick, are you there? Hi, Russell. Yes, I'm here. How are you? I'm very well. How are you, Nick? All good, all good. Uh, very busy week last week uh, for markets, and looks like this one is uh, going to be quite eventful as well, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And the, and the fact that you said it was busy last week, I think we can get right into it. Um, yes, so many things. Let's go. But what's the what's the first item on your list there, Nick? Oh uh, yeah. So for me, you know, I sort of like to. Uh, uh, view each week as sort of like what did we learn this week and if yeah. we learned one week one thing sorry last week is uh, that the ECB is probably going to hike rates in July right yeah so um, President Lagarde um, she posted a blog and uh, that's what you're referring to right yeah exactly on Monday last Monday so uh, looking to um, hike rates in July um they're, effectively, she said they're targeting that 2% inflation rate, didn't she? Yeah. Uh, so, yes, she said that uh, she expects... Uh, so, uh, let's get give some context uh, for our listeners because we've discussed all, discussed all of this, obviously, before. But we have seen some sort of shift towards more hawkish uh, narrative. They, they were talking, some members were calling for a July rate hike, mm-hmm. uh, but now uh, President Lagarde essentially rubber stamped it. She said that she expects uh, the asset purchases to conclude early in, in the third quarter, right. which would allow for them to, to hike in July uh, and also to exit ne- and they're also looking to exit negative um, rates by the end of the third quarter. So quite a, a hockey statement there for me. That's right. And um, just from my side, um, what, I, what I did note was she did say they prepare to go above neutral, um, depending yeah. obviously on the inflation um, outlook. I just found that interesting because, of course, um, it's a very fragmented central bank. And of course, um, the various uh, members, I mean, there's 27 members, some are more indebted than others. So uh, just very interesting comment, wasn't it? Yeah, interesting. But again, in line with what we've seen from other banks, uh, sort of they're ready to go uh, uh, beyond neutral. But uh, as you pointed out, no one knows what neutral is for its bank. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. 
uh, the, 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 magic, the magic R, R star, right? Yeah. Um, Nick, I want to uh, obviously bring in the FOMC. That, that had a huge yeah. impact on market sentiment last week um, to the point we had a really good um, end to um, the risk markets. Uh, what was your takeaway for FOMC minutes? Yeah, so for me, uh, so that's the other side of the ECB in a sense that we didn't learn anything new. Although uh, for me, the Fed is hockey's but uh, what they did what the fed minutes showed is that uh they are uh looking at 50 basis points uh, hikes over the next couple of meetings that's uh, june and july mm-hmm. uh, but it's not something that uh, we already did, did not know it uh but if anything that's probably although hawk is a bit conservative uh that that was the main takeaway of course they still think that the economy is strong and they still think that the labor market is tight but we're gonna talk about that uh, more later on on our show nick um after july i think the next me- meetings in september uh, any um yeah. i mean i know it's a, it's a, it's it's far off a lot can happen between now yeah. and there um what any expectations in terms of um hikes yeah so f- for me, obviously, we know that their path is front-loaded, and they haven't talked about past the next couple of meetings. Yeah, yeah. What I think uh, for the Fed, but generally, I, I don't think that anyone is going to go as high down the road as they they believe they they will the, the way I see it. And um, I think if you look at the data, of course, we don't know what the economic data what will happen next, but. Um, if you look at the data, the recent data from the United States, mm-hmm. I think they, they could support a somewhat conservative tightening path. Uh, that's what I, what I think. So I don't, I don't know if you agree. Yeah, let, let's talk about that. So uh, I'm assuming yeah, you're data. talking about the inflation and the um, uh, GDP data from last week. Yeah, exactly. So right. inflation uh, has been moderating. Yeah. And the Fed's preferred uh, measure came came out, and it's the core PC, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, came in at four point nine percent, and it was five point two percent in March and five point three percent in February. So uh, February, so essentially two times that it was that it, there were two lower prints. Essentially, uh, of course, we don't know what's going to happen from here on, and definitely some um, uh, issues that affect this persist. Um, I mean, high inflation, but uh, we've definitely seen some moderation. Yeah, and the, now the question is: I think a lot of um, analysts are turning to um, how quickly it comes down, which of course is now a um, uh, again a, a puzzle: is it plateauing, or um, can can the Fed actually engineer that that soft landing? Yeah, exactly. Well, don't get me started on the soft landing, but <laughs> I, I I do think that, uh, of course, again, we don't know what data we're going to see f- from here on, but if you couple that with GDP, which we already know we had the first reading and we had the second reading last week, uh, so that the economy contracted in Q1 annualized by 1.5%. Of course, that doesn't mean that we're going to have a recession. Uh, there's a higher bar for a recession, but we do know that the economy contracted in Q1. Again, it's not the final data, data but I, I don't know if we could see something uh, vastly different. So this is something that I believe uh, could support a somewhat more conservative 
uh, fed. And given the lag there is from what they do uh, to how this affects um, the economy, the labor market, inflation, we don't know if they have already done enough. Maybe they have, right? We don't know at this point. Yeah. Um, the Fed, um, the, the Fed, I mean, there's so much focus on the Fed. They take a lot of flack for, for example, uh, keeping the word transitory on for too long, uh, not doing enough in terms of, um, of rates. But maybe, maybe the, the management has been spot on and, and we just don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've talked about here how they, they sort of dropped the ball, although I'm not sure they did drop the ball, but definitely they had to um, sift into a more hawkish uh, direction, sort of having ignored uh, inflation if, in favor of employment. So whether they dropped the ball, yeah, I mean, we sort of have jokingly said, but uh, do, do you think uh, do maybe you, they haven't? But, do, you think uh, they, do you think they are behind the curve, um, Nick? Or... Yeah, I mean, they are. They yeah. are. I don't think that there's much to argue there, right? Yeah, I mean, take a look at the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. I mean, last week they were incredibly hawkish, weren't they? Yeah. So, and that's and that's for me uh, the thing. Most banks uh, stayed hawkish, or so they sort of rejuvenated their hawkishness. As I, whereas I think the Fed is getting a bit more uh, conservative. So uh, let's say regarding the, the Central Bank of New Zealand, not only they hiked by 50 basis points, uh, but it was the fifth consecutive um, rate hike. Uh, and rates are now at 2%. The OCR is at 2%. Uh, and they hadn't hiked by 50 in essentially ever since 1999 uh, that the OCR was introduced. So definitely super hawkish. And not only that, but they upgraded their forecast and, uh, of course, by a little bit for this year, uh, seeing uh, rates at 3.4% from 3.3% uh, uh, previous forecast for the year. So they're definitely super hawkish. Again, are they going to go that high? We're going to have to see. Uh, but they were definitely hawkish. And they pointed at more hikes. So uh, I don't know how you, you uh, are, are we going to a less sort of uh, to a different divergence now where the, uh, the Fed is getting, let's say, conservative. That's the word I use. Uh, whereas other banks are uh, uh, more aggressive. Yeah, I think that, um, I think what may be a factor and I think we'll talk about this perhaps in um, future podcasts. But I think uh, uh, one factor that's perhaps been underestimated with regard to the Fed is, of course, that the QT, which we know starting in in, in um, June, isn't it? Which is effectively uh, tightening, but it's almost it's almost um, it seems to have taken a back a back seat just in terms of attention. Is that something that you would agree with? Yeah, and the, the Fed wants it to be uh, that way. They always say that's something that runs into the background and all that stuff. So I, I think markets seem somewhat cool uh, around it, but uh, it's definitely going to weigh all these tightening is definitely, definitely weighs on, on the stock market. We've seen it 
uh, throughout uh, throughout the year. And of course, we discuss we've discussed uh, the tech sector is uh, more vulnerable to this, and the Nasdaq is definitely the one that has lost more. I tell you what, Nick. Um, whilst we're talking about just how hawkish um, these um, other central banks are becoming, of course, we're getting um, this week. We're getting eurozone uh, inflation, yeah. and um, the forecasts—they are surprising. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So now we have we get the preliminary data for May. It's the final. Uh, the previous uh, final print for April was seven point four percent. I'm talking about the headline one, mm-hmm. and from what I see at some economic calendars, it's now going to go to seven point seven. So. Uh, that's definitely supportive of the um, for this uh, hawkishness, recent hawkishness, or, or less dovis. I don't know if it's, if they're more if the ECB is more hawkish or less dovis compared <laughs> to what it was, but it's pretty much the same thing. But that definitely is supportive. Of course, we've talked again here before how uh, is more exposed uh, Euro, the European economy is more exposed to uh, the economic fallout uh, of Ukraine and to Russian oil and all that stuff, and that's why I think uh, Lagarde keeps uh, uh, pounding on the. Uh, conditionality and all that, all these words that, that she uses. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think the timing of a of a blog post a week before a seven point seven percent forecast. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. The uh, next, yeah. the next central bank. So, so look, we, we've looked at um, ECB, we've looked at Fed, we've even mentioned uh, uh, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, but it's not the only. Hawkish bank out there on Wednesday, we get uh, the Bank of Canada statement and release. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they had a hike rate by 50 basis points the last time around uh, mm-hmm. to 1%. Uh, from, again, from what we see in some economic calendars, they're probably going to do the same now. I wouldn't put my hand to the fire around <laughs> the 50, but they are definitely uh, aggressive and they had said that they will need to raise further. Uh, so uh, and they had upgraded their uh, inflation uh, projections uh, the last time around, so there's definitely room for uh, an aggressive path there. Yeah, and um, Wednesday is interesting. So Bank of Canada, we're getting uh, potentially 50 basis points, as you say. Look, uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, but we'll also see the GDP number coming out of Australia. And um, just tying that in with the theme of, of, of central yeah. banks, the RBA has also um, got that hawkish yeah. pivot, hasn't it? Yeah, so she was uh, sort of on the far dovis of the spectrum, but um, uh, we had seen uh, also a hawkish shift, a gradual hawkish shift, and that culminated in, in earlier this month uh, when they uh, hiked rates. Uh, for the first uh, time that they began their tightening cycle. Uh, so that's another uh, hockey central bank. Absolutely. Now, we know that the central banks tend to operate on the, on the demand side, but, but Thursday, Thursday we get something interesting because now we're looking at supply side um, influences and, and OPEC's meeting on Thursday. Yeah. And we, we know the price of, of energy um, really, um, it's, it's, it's skyrocketed. Um, yeah. it's, it's moving up uh, today. Um, there's a few things actually to discuss around oil, I would expect. 
Let's let's start off with with the OPEC meeting though. What what's your thoughts there? Yeah, so OPEC and allies, namely Russia, what do we call it? OPEC plus yeah. usually. Uh, this they have faced you know pressure to um, increase output, but uh, in general they haven't do more than what they want to based on their plan for like uh, a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last time they had stuck to this plan and added um, uh, 432 million barrels per day for June. And now they're going to decide for July. And um, I, I, I don't know. I don't see how they could, uh, you know, uh, do more, to be honest. But we're going to have to, to wait and see. Yeah, I, I would expect there's going to be uh, not much deviation from the plan. Just uh, something of interest is, of course, over the weekend, uh, Beijing and, and Shanghai uh, relaxed their COVID um, lockdown yeah. controls. OPEC had um, uh, mentioned previously that is a factor that they are looking at when they make these type of decisions. Who knows if it's going to factor in sort of with a, again, I don't know if it's going to cause a deviation right now, but it's probably going to be discussed at the at the OPEC plus meeting. Yeah, we're going to have to see, although they're usually a little bit coy, you know, about what they said, what they discussed. So we're going to have to, to see if they give us anything to work with, let's say. But it's not, and, the, it's, it's not the only yeah, exactly. influence. Uh, we, we can... Um, talk about today and tomorrow, isn't there um, um, really interesting sort of developments in terms of the oil embargo? Yeah, you leaders are discussing on a full oil embargo, although it's a watered down plan, probably. I, I don't, I, do you believe they're going to have a full oil embargo? Probably not. No, they definitely can't be. Yeah. I mean, um, Hungary, I think, has been quite categorical that they yeah. just can't afford it. I think the, the Czech Republic um, has uh, expressed similar. And um, as, um, as far as I can tell, the embargo will be extended to um, to um, to ships. And yeah, they're going to they're gonna cut seaborne oil essentially, but uh, leave the pipelines for yeah. the land, la- landlocked sorry, uh, countries. Yeah. So that's that's another factor that we're just going to have to watch because um, the oil uh, price certainly um, is um, well. The last time I looked at um, WTI, it was one hundred and sixteen dollars per barrel, and Brent was one hundred and twenty, and um, they were they were slowly ticking up. Um, we're just going to have to to see those. That's that's quite high. Um, so we've actually we've we've painted quite a quite a, a picture here. We've, we've got um, central banks that are, are tightening. Um, we've, the, the, the Fed perhaps um, may not seem as aggressive as, um, as, as the others, but there is, of course, the QT. We've got the supply side um, factor as well. Tell me um, the unemployment claims coming on Thursday um any any do you think that those are going to be affected at all well it it looks reasonable um i mean of course these are weekly data so there may be you know uh some inconsistencies or deviations or from like very 
um, specific timing affected by factors that were very specific in time. But uh, in general, I think given these policies, uh, we're going to see um, unemployment uh, rising, I believe. And uh, that's probably going to reflect on unemployment, uh, unemployment claims in general. I don't know what's going to happen this week or the next, but I think in general, we're probably going to um, uh, start seeing some uh, negative pressures, let's call them like that, um, to, to employment and to the labor market, so, which is very tight as per the Fed. So that's, that's actually a really good sort of segue into, of course, non-farm payroll Friday. What's your expectations yeah. there, Nick? Yeah, I don't have expectations. I never do for the NFPs. Yeah. I mean, we can see uh, uh, wild valuations uh, from time to time and revisions. But uh, the fact of the matter is that the, the, the forecasts are for a, a lower number compared to, to the previous one. But again, uh, I don't think if it matters that much yet for the um, NFPs. I mean, we got the tight labor market, but definitely uh, uh, unemployment is also another factor. We see that it may tick down. It didn't the last month, but it may do now. And we're going to have to see where there, that that downward trend will stop. And if we're going to start, I don't know uh, what you you think uh, and what you expect from the numbers. I, th- I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be uh, really interesting. Uh, I'm looking at those unemployment claims. Uh, I think the NFP numbers now become quite important. And, um, you know, we're in for very interesting, interesting um, times in terms of economics. Nick, anything else on your agenda? These are the main ones. Again, you know, we try to sort of uh, stay on the on on the main topics, the ones that at least we view as the the main topics. Uh, But again, you know, there are so many things going on. But we could we could talk for for hours here. But I'm pretty sure no one would listen after a certain point. Absolutely, Nick. I'm going to uh, wrap up here. I want to thank you for your for your time. I just want to encourage our listeners just to listen all the way to. The end, we're going to have our regional disclaimers up next. FXCM Limited, www.fxcm.com forward slash UK. CFDs are complex instruments and come with a high risk of losing money rapidly due to leverage. 66% of retail investor accounts lose money when trading CFDs with this provider. You should consider whether you understand how CFDs work and whether you can afford to take the high risk of losing your money. FXM Australia. You can sustain a total loss of deposits. Please refer to our PDS at www.fxm.com forward slash AU. FXM South Africa. Trading on margin carries risk. www.fxm.com forward slash ZA. FXM markets. Losses can exceed deposits. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, or other information contained in this podcast is provided on an as-is basis as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice.